Today is Thursday, April 2nd, 2020, and this is Radio Wave. This is Radio Wave with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. Here we are, April 2nd, 2020, the first second of the month. In 22 years, we don't have the apparitions to Mariana and the second of the month message. So while we're broadcasting, we decided that we needed to keep it alive. Because there's some very important things in the future that's going to be on the 2nd. We know August 2nd has a great significance. And we know that was from the beginning of the apparition where a lady said, a great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan. And human souls are at stake. Years later, a lady began prayers with Mariana. And then, February 1997, our lady began to have second-of-the-month apparitions to Mariana. And we grew through this crescendo all the way to March 2nd, 2020. And on March 18th, which is also very significant for the future date, our lady said she would no longer give the messages and have the apparition on the second of the month. While that's the ending to it, it's not death to it. So we decided that every second of the month we would continue to remember some of the most important broadcasts over the years. We would represent them because the broadcast speaks to you just like writings do, just like the messages do. For the purpose to keep the second of the month sacred, that is for non-believers, that we have a remembrance of the importance of or what the second of the month is, to pray for non-believers, those who do not know the love of God. Our Lady has never said atheist, non-believers. She says and describes to Mariana that they're only people that have never experienced God's love. And what was the theme of the messages through these 23 years? That you show them God's love through your life by loving them. No matter how wretched they are, how wicked they are, they can only experience because they're close to the God the Father. But you have the power to introduce them to that love. We are to regularly look at these messages to be the apostles of Revelation revealing what God is making available to us for them. Since 2007, we're headed toward 1,000 broadcasts. 
A lot has been said through the years. The re-listening to these broadcasts are like the messages because they're filled with the messages. They're never to be tiring. Rather, they should always be teaching. They have that power. And I think this broadcast you'll hear, you'll feel the same thing. Actually, what you're about to hear was a broadcast was five years ago today, April 2nd, 2015. And to start the first second of the month with Our Lady, it cannot be a coincidence that of all times, this is our number one broadcast on Radio Wave. Through these 13 years of bringing to you Our Lady, showing how to change the world by changing yourself. The title of this broadcast is called Fire. We can put it in the context today, this day and years coming from. What you need to know, Obama was still in office. I'd written They Fired the First Shot 2012, and we were in a mess. Yes, we're in a mess now, but we're in a horrible mess with no hope in that point of our history. I remember getting a clip from a major talk show host who went five minutes explaining about Obama, about this and that, about him. I know you won't like what I'm going to say about him, he said. And he went in almost apologizing for five solid minutes. And then he finally said, I want to tell you, Obama is a tyrant. At that time, nobody would say this about a president, just out of respect of the office. And he added to that, I know some of you really won't like that, even if you're against him. Six to eight months before he said that, I had put out the book, They Fired the First Shot. And in there, I detailed that this man is a tyrant. He's an agent for the devil. His goal is to destroy America. And I knew when I write that, it was a bold statement. But I didn't do it in name-calling. I wrote it because I know he was. And we know months later, this talk show host had received many copies of the book because people sent them to everybody. And it gave him the impulse to say what he said, that Obama was a tyrant. And he had to qualify it for five minutes. That's how dangerous it was to say something like that, because some people still would be offended even if they were against him. I'm saying this only because we are the icebreakers. You are the icebreaker out there. Our ladies come to put us in a position to expose evil. No judgment for Obama, but we are to bring things to the light. So what you're about to hear out of going up all of our broadcasts, the number one radio wave of all times. And certainly Our Lady didn't disappoint us today. As always, we see the messages and the progression of the events of the world as they progress. That Lady is here for that purpose to parallel that. Why is that so? I remember long ago, a priest in Nijigori said, Our Lady's not coming here because we're healthy. She's coming here because we're very sick. And that was said in the 1980s. We couldn't even imagine, knowing that we were sick at that time, how deathly ill we would be at this moment. None of us could expect to see a nation such as the United States of America transform so quickly toward evil. But also, once you understand the United States of America and its importance in the world, just like Rome and its importance in the world when Jesus was here, 
we're there. The difference in Rome and us is we're an exceptional nation, blessed by God as no other nation before us. The most generous nation. Where the devil, though, has taken hold of our country. And he's been allowed to take hold of our country because we ourselves are in sin. We haven't walked the walk. We talk it. And so the devil's sights, his crosshairs, are on this country before any other nation except in Israel. He would delight in destroying Via Della Rosa, where Jesus walked, where the 14 stations are still marked, and you can still walk that and see it. He would delight blowing up, obliterating Calvary, where the hole still stands in, the cross was stuck in. The stone where Jesus was laid when he was laid off the, up from the cross. The tomb from which we resurrected. Satan hates these sights. The birth of Christ, the nativity, the agony in the garden, the rock is still there. On Mount Tabor where he's transfigured, there's a rock still there underneath the altar. And it goes on and on and on. Satan hates history, especially biblical history that points back to God. It's his aim to destroy it. And we're giving over our nation through negotiations to Iran the ability to have the means somewhere in the future nuclear bombs. And they've made a vow they will wipe Israel out. Now, to this point, the United States stood in that way. We have such an evil in our nation now, that's not the case. One of the six visionaries within the last year, actually the last 10 months or so, said something very significant. And this visionary said that is not Maria, just in case that's what you may guess. One of the visionaries was asked about Obama. And the visionary responded with a certain countenance in their face and said, you don't understand what you've done in your country when you elected and re-elected this man. You just don't understand what you've unleashed. Did you catch one word in that statement? A profound word? It's unleashed. You just don't understand what you've unleashed. January 2nd, 2001. Our lady appeared to Maria and said, My dear children, now that when Satan is unchained, I told Maria, I thought Satan already was unchained. She said, no, he had long chain, now he's loose. Unleashed? This is profound and very revealing. Everything is spinning out of control. Everything is falling apart. Quote, Our Lady, everything is falling apart. That's her words. Just said within the last year. And indeed it's happening. Those who curse Israel will be cursed. Those who give Israel peace will be in peace. We're in dangerous times. And Our Lady has come up to do something in the world to reverse that. 
Her messages today are with great significance. They're not to be minimized. They're not to be read with curiosity and go on about your day the next day. Or what did she say today? And how did she say anything? If you don't reflect, if you don't think, if you're not thoughtful, if you don't see what's happening and have a biblical view to the messages that is a preface to the Bible, then you're not going to know how to react or what you're supposed to do, nor will you win. Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's April 2nd, 2015 message given on the Day for Nonbelievers through Mariana. Dear children, I have chosen you, my apostles, because all of you carry something beautiful within you. You can help me to have the love for the sake of which my son died and then resurrected, win anew. Therefore, I am calling you, my apostles, to try to see something good in every creature of God in all of my children, and to try to understand them. My children, you are all brothers through the same Holy Spirit. You, filled with love for my Son, can speak of what you know to all those who have not come to know that love. You have come to know the love of my Son. You have comprehended his resurrection. With joy you cast your gaze towards him. My motherly desire is for all of my children to be united in love for Jesus. Therefore, I am calling you, my apostles, to live the Eucharist with joy. Because in the Eucharist, my son gives himself to you anew, and with his example, shows the love and sacrifice towards the neighbor. Thank you. The message today, very first sentence, I've chosen you, my apostles, because all of you carry something beautiful within you. Two questions. First of all, are, is everyone called to be an apostle? And secondly, if every, if every person is not her apostle, does that mean that the people who are not her apostles do not carry something beautiful in them? Well, anybody has Christian virtue, even people who aren't Christian, who have love, have, have Christ in them without realizing the name or association or the theology of who this Christ may be, but they have love, and that's God. And if it's God, it's, it's the Christ. That's what we can defer with people say, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to hell. This is false, completely false. Now, if, if you know him and reject him, that's a different matter. If you heard his name, that's a different matter. you got accountability every time you know something or learn something about him. But if you have love in your heart and you're some place on some island and never had anything or knowledge of Christ, but you had love, then you have Christ. And so that doesn't mean people who won't be a part of this, that's not an apostle, won't have something beautiful in them. If you have love in your heart, you have Christ there. You don't have the theological explanation of that. But he exists in that person. Because if love is in the heart, that's where Christ is. And there's a written indelible mark on everyone's soul of what is good and bad. Hate and love. What's charity and greed. Those things are innate in us. 
It may be more crude in people that are less civilized or barbaric. But still, there's a goodness in people that if they act on it, they have a grace there. And it may not be like us. Too much is given, much is expected. So us, we follow Our Lady. She says, I've chosen you, my apostles. That means something. And it's really incredible what Our Lady's doing when she says this. Because we have a whole history of following Our Lady through this. That Our Lady gave the messages inviting us to be apostles. And at March 18, 2000, she says, I'm calling you to be my apostles. October 25th, 93, I invite you to become my apostles. March 25th, 97, become true apostles of faith. March 25th, 1998, I desire that you become apostles. November 25th, 1999, become my apostles. Everything was an invite. Everything was encouraged to do that. And yet today she says, I have chosen you, my apostles. The invite is not there. A second time she says, I am calling you my apostles. And then a third time she says, I'm calling you my apostles. Therefore, I'm calling you my apostles to live the Eucharist with joy. Because that's what's beautiful in you, the Christ. That doesn't mean somebody that never knew the Eucharist, that has Christ in him, won't have something beautiful. But we as apostles have a higher responsibility. So what does this mean? What is being said with this? We have this invitation, and remarkably, June 25th, 2005, there were no 25th messages where Our Lady said, My Apostles. All the second of the month messages, or rather all the times my apostles, which has been several times, is mentioned now only on the second of the month. Why is that? What does the apostles do? What is her apostles going to do? She said today that she wants you to go speak to people. You've been, you know things. Why do we know things? Because we've been put through fire. Speak of what you know. I am calling you my apostles to try and see something good in every creature of God and all my children. And to try to understand them. You're to go to these souls. And you're not to go to these souls unarmed, empty-handed. Because you've been tried by fire. You've been refined that way. Which gives you the ability to have cognition, those experiences in your life. That when they say this or that, you can say this or that of what you've been through in your experience. That's why we suffer. That's why we're crushed. That's why we're purified. Because we as apostles will be ministering as Our Lady directly ministered to us. We live in a wonderful moment, a wonderful time. Just like when Jesus went to his twelfth and directly chose them. Our Lady is walking the earth directly choosing her apostles. Her scope is much broader, much bigger. Jesus never traveled over 200 miles from his birthplace. Yet he evangelized the whole world and did more than any man who ever lived. Yes, because he was God but also through the Holy Spirit, and the Father ordained it. But he wasn't on a time frame. He had 2,000 years. We don't have that. we got only a few short years to evangelize and go to the ends of the earth with what our Lady's plans are. And we, her apostles, my apostles, she says, have a significant role in what's about to happen. What's about to happen? We don't have three centuries to build the church. We have to do it overnight. We have three chastisements coming. three warnings. These things are going to happen very quickly. Our Lady says there will be intervals, short intervals between each one of them. The world must convert before it's too late. Why? 
Because back 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, man didn't have the means to destroy himself. Man didn't have the means to destroy the world. Our Lady gave a message that said, Satan not only wants to destroy man, but the planet on which you live. Why would she say that if he didn't have the means to do that? These are incredible words. She's told us evil has come to rule. This is serious. It amazes me how people still know about Medjugorje, learn these things, hear these things, and how they still stay so glued to their life, the direction and the path they're on. They don't get it. They don't understand. What's coming? How will it be for us? We have to walk with Our Lady, follow her, try to see what she's saying. And the second of the month is for non-believers. Because we have many Catholics, many Christians, really have much of the belief mixed up, or even unbelief. One thing that's remarkable, really not even remarkable, it's amazing. On the monthly messages, Our Lady has said Jesus 131 times. On the second of the month messages, over a 25-year period, you know how many times Our Lady says Jesus? Six times. So you got 131 times versus six times. But what's most remarkable on the second of the month, Our Lady has said, My son, 260 times. This is a revelation. A mind blower. Why? Because Our Lady is dealing on the second of the month for non-believers, or those who don't know the Christ. And to bring him up, other than my son, is not, you might want to say, kosher. Because people hear Jesus' name, people all over the world have heard the name before. They may not know him or understand what he's about, but they reject that, because that's something with the Christians. But a mother, everybody can accept. A mother, everybody can love. And when she comes the way she comes, well, she never says anything harsh to anyone. She only lets them off the hook. She's given mercy, always doing these things for us. They can accept her. And if they can accept her, will they accept Jesus? Why doesn't she say Jesus? Why does she only say it six times? When the 25th messages are for us. Yes, the second of the month also. For us as apostles, because that's where she's talking to the apostles. That's where the name is mentioned the most about apostles. But 131 times Jesus, the 25th message, and 260 times on the second of the month, says something profound. Very profound. The Muslims accept Mary. They don't accept Jesus. They accept Mary, Mohammed did, as the greatest woman who ever lived. But Jesus is only a prophet, and a lesser prophet than Mohammed. So she's drawing everyone to her. They're asking her the question, should our prayers be addressed to you? The Franciscans ask this. Should our prayers be addressed to you or to Jesus? Oh, this is a trick question. They did the same thing with Jesus. Should we pay our taxes or not? And Jesus says, understood, you're trying to deceive me. You're trying to trick me. So they try to trick Our Lady. Should we address our prayers to you? to Jesus and she answers something beautiful just like Jesus did with the Pharisees she says all your prayers should be addressed to Jesus 
but all your prayers will help you through me. So she answered it theologically correctly. And then she said, all your prayers addressed to me is to your benefit. Why? Because this is her time. This is the time God's given to her. And so will we win? How will we win? We need to follow her messages. We need to see that to die, sometimes you got to die to rise again. And she said that today. My son died and then resurrected when anew is how she ends the sentence. So love wins. And we all are called to die to ourselves, to rise up as apostles, and through love win. And as your heart is broken, everybody's gone through conversion, it's a broken heart. It's part of the walk. It's part of the way. She holds your hands. She says, give me your hands. She's given a message that way. Because one day you'll be happy for all this. We're on the other side. Our day's time in apostles in a way that she invited for so long and she gave us so much cognition. She walked with us for so long. She tore us up to purification, cleansed us. We still fall. But we've been through so many trials and experiences that we can dance. We feel some of the joy now. We see these glimmers of where we're going with this and the beauty of it. And we feel the win. We feel the ability to be victorious. And victory's coming, just like the lightning bolt of the resurrection. But it'd be in a flash, and the whole world would be changed and transformed.
You're listening to a Radio Wave Classic, April 2nd, 2015, with a friend of Medjugorje. You've been talking over the last several weeks about this Good Friday that's coming up tomorrow, that there have been news that has come out that April 3rd is actually the date that Jesus was crucified, this being the 33rd year of the apparitions. You said today on Medjinomics that there's a solar eclipse that will be happening tomorrow. We know in Scripture that Jesus, when Jesus died, that there was an eclipse that happened according to Scripture. So this is a very significant Good Friday. And this being Holy Thursday, Our Lady never having a second-of-the-month apparition on Holy Thursday. So that means this message is a significant so with all of that as your as a backdrop, what do you see in this message that can bring light to the significance of these particular days that we're living now? Well, we have a lot of spokesmen out there for God, the preachers, the pastors, the priests, everything that people are doing with goodwill and some with bad will. But we have few people speaking from the standpoint that they follow heaven right now. Really, if you look at Medjugorje, there's a lot of people who go there, but it's a personal thing that they grow in, in their conversion. But few people, really, who have established a way of life that speaks real clearly of the way of life that we're called to for the future. That way of life is something that LA has given to us. How will we live in the future? And so... What are we to address? What's significance about this and the signs we're seeing? He said that God's given you signs. Jesus said, be on watch for the signs. Jesus said, when you see the fig tree blooming, you know that spring's coming. You see the clouds form, you know a storm's coming. You know how to read nature, and you don't know how to read God. The mother of God is coming for 33 years because there's a coming storm. She's even told us there's three storms coming. They're purifications. They're things that's going to make us believe in apparitions. We do, yes. But people all over the world. I don't worry about somebody says, oh, I don't believe that about Medjugorje. Or I don't accept it. Or I don't know about it. Everybody will have to say yes or no to Medjugorje. Because Our Lady is here to confront the whole world. And what's going to happen is going to have an effect on every man on earth. An effect that would be a cause that they have to act on. You're not going to be able to stay on the fence, a little in the dark, a little in the light. There's coming a separation. We've spoken about this. There'll be a moment of radical conversion, then there'll be a great separation, then the rest of your life you're going to spend trying to convert a pagan. That will be your, your earnest desire. 
You'll burn for that. And so that's three simple things that's going to happen, but it's real clear, and, and that's derived from the messages as a whole. Our lady doesn't say that, but I can tell you, this is what's coming. This is the way it will work. You have already experienced that if you've gone through Medjugorje. Many of you had a radical conversion. The second thing you do when you come back, you start praying, you start separating from those things that distance you from the God. So you've already lived the first two. And if you live the first one, the radical conversion, then the second one you've experienced and start separating those things or getting separated from people that you shouldn't be around or entertainment or whatever that may that be. Then you go to the third thing. Do you not have a desire to convert people? A pagan can be your husband or wife or children or your next door neighbor. Our lady said today, the love and sacrifice toward the neighbor. She didn't say not your neighbor. Is this a message in and of itself? Everything's a message. You have to pray to understand that. But do we even have a neighbor today? Do people even know their neighbors? Do they call them neighbors? A neighbor is a friendly term of somebody that's next to kin. Oh, hey, that's my neighbor. Hi, neighbor. People used to say that. Hi, neighbor. How you doing? I remember growing up as a kid, that's what people said to each other. You didn't say, they, they knew your name. We were out in the yards with each other. Or if you live next block, you didn't know the name, you'd say, howdy, neighbor. So it's a fondly term. We have to go towards our neighbor. We have to go into them in a way that we haven't approached them before. And the only way to do that is you sacrifice for them. Then when you do speak to them, you have a grace. But your neighbor is no longer confined to the neighborhood. People in the old days would always set a table and then have an empty plate with silverware and glass there. Because if somebody came by, they fed them. Even if their travel wasn't a stranger. Because strangers in those days were considered a neighbor. That's how people operated. These days are gone. We lock up. We close everything up. We don't have nothing to do with that. And we become a broken world. So, a lady says in this message today, to try to understand those souls, to reach out to these people. And she wants you to speak to them. Literally. She says, you... Well, my children, you are all brothers through the same Holy Spirit. You, filled with love for my son, can speak of what you know to all those who have not come to know that love. See, she's saying, I'm giving you permission now, as my apostles, to all the cognition that you have, to speak of what you know. Don't speak about what you don't know. Don't try to pretend you know more about the message or know more about something. If you don't know it, don't say it. When I was in business, one thing I learned with my clients is, if you don't know it, tell them. I don't know that answer, but I'll find out for you. You gain credibility to that. Don't try to put a facade that you know everything. We don't know everything. We're learning. I'm learning. I feel like I learned nothing about the messages. I spent my last 30 years of my life into them. Every day, all day long. This is all we do. And people do turn to us because they don't have the time to spend that we do. And we can advance them on what might took us a year of cognition and suffering and persecution to learn that we could pass on to them instantly, at least intellectually. So we have a broken world. Everything's broken. And we have to realize that Ali is coming here to take those of us who are broken, that we can help the broken ones. If you're not broken, if you're not crushed, how can you help somebody who's been crushed and broken? So our lady is saying, love the broken ones. Let's love the broken ones. You've been there. You're no different from they are. The things that you're fortunate is you've walked with our lady. You had the ability to be with her. 
And so many are going to be in anguish because the time of Our Lady will have passed and you're going to be important. They're going to want to be with you just like they did the 12. They were going to know you. You'll be sought out. You say, well, I'll be famous. You're going to be famous. Yes. We pray to the saints. We do that. But she said it. This was a surprise for me from my thinking 15 years ago that we would be called apostles. I would have choked at that point because the bishops are the apostles. But she's speaking in two separate groups here. She distinguished that on March 2nd where she says, you are my strength, my apostles. I've watched Our Lady unveil things to the message is not defined by Medjugorje. Our Lady unveiled something on the March 2nd, 2015 message. She says, my strength my apostles. At the bottom of the message, she says, your shepherds are the strength of the church my son left you. That's two parallel distinct groups. Her saying, my apostles at the beginning, ending with, the shepherds are the strength of the church my son left you. So there's two parallel groups happening right now because the church is going to be renewed through the laity, through the apostles risen up by Our Lady. To do what? Because they're the ones who can reach to the broken ones and be on the same level with them. Cross your heart and say you've never given up That you carried on that you live, you live with no regret We wear a smile to hide that we've been hurt before Keep our disasters in a suitcase by the door Cause you know, you know we're only human So
You're listening to a Radio Wave Classic, April 2nd, 2015, with a friend of Medjugorje. Our Lady said in today's message, say something good, or try to see something good, in every creature of God and all my children and try to understand them. But just to take the words, every creature of God, and try to understand them. And can you give an example of what that might be? look like to look at the creatures of God and to try to understand them and then why would you need to do that well we're the creatures that he's referencing to of course now they said go out and bless all creation so we're supposed to be a blessing to creation but we're the creature we're the dominant creature in all the earth and made in the image and likeness of God what does that mean for us is that to be a master of souls you have to be able to have a wisdom and intellect touched by the divine that you might be able to see in somebody, and how can you reach them? We have people that have all kinds of problems, all kinds of difficulties. They go see a psychiatrist. They go see people. But the real winners of that over people who have been broken and changing them are those who are sensitive enough to know how to approach a person and open them up. We see this in the Bible with Jesus. He could turn them center around. He did it with Mary Magdalene. He did it with many people. His way and the way he dealt with people was to reach them through love. If you have a neighbor you want to go toward, you just start doing things for him. Esther did this in the Bible. She married the king. And she kept doing things for him, kept doing things for him, never asked for nothing for herself. Until he got so indebted to her, he said, I'll give you half my kingdom. And she was able to save all of the Jews worldwide because the king had been with, I think it was Hamas or one of his names, the servants of the king had planned to kill all the Jews on a certain day. And through giving and love, you become indebted. And so people can be a beast. But if you do things for them all the time, they can see the goodness in you that you're offering of yourself to them. And you're not asking anything in return. We don't do things as a lady's apostle expecting anything back. That's why we want people coming to the mission house of magic world. We give material away. We don't expect nothing back. If they give something to help cover the cost, that's fine. If they don't, so be it. We've had three conversions already this week of just vendors of people who came here whose heart was open very seriously to Our Lady, who are not Catholic, and they didn't come here for that. They came here about equipment. They left for something else. They've already called us back. They've already discounted what we were looking at in half. One machine, 60% off of it. They're moved by what they saw. They're touched. We saw somebody in the government that was here this past week, and we were showing them around. They didn't come here for anything about the mission. There was things we were discussing with them. And as they were walking around, one of the five-year-olds, or six-year-olds, is walking, holding hands with them. I saw a smile on his face. 
She didn't let go. She went to about where the barn is. She went around to the print shop. She was holding his hand the whole time. And he was holding her like a grandfather. You don't think he was thinking, wow, what, what is this place? And when we sat down in my office, that's what he was saying. What is this place? We didn't. He didn't know nothing about Our Lady, the Virgin Mary. He left with a lot of material. And he moved. Because we have something physically here that's come from our lives of what we live. That people say, how does this place tick? What is this place about? So we've had the years of accumulation of our way of life manifested physically. That we even have physical evidence that there's something going on here. Why is it successful? Why are the kids happy? Why are they running all over the place like this? They don't have TV. They don't play league sports. Our kids play sports. They play real games. So there's a lot of ways you can reach people, but you have to really realize the way to reach people is through love, and you have to give something of yourself. You can't just go preaching. My wife and I were out of town. We were sitting down eating lunch out on the sidewalk, and a guy in a taxi drives up and parks right there, and he's, he's got Jesus all over his taxi. Bible verses. And we were within earshot. He said something to us. And I said, we're Catholic. He said, oh, y'all going to hell. Let me tell you about that. You know what? So what did that do for me? I just cut him off. I would have talked to him. The first words out of his mouth is, "Oh, you're Catholic? Yeah, you and the Mormons all you you're going to hell." <laughs> and so, what what does that do for me? Say say if I was Catholic and I was struggling with the faith or thinking about coming back in the church or being a Protestant, this is a turnoff. This is not how you do it. I don't even know how he even gets taxi fares for people. But anyway, our lady's showing us in a way that we have to be sensitive and we have to be masters of souls and sometimes it's best not to mention anything about who you are what you are they got to see hey this person is good what makes them tick why are they good you make them want to ask questions about yourself and then you want them to imitate those virtues you have if you acquire virtues there'll be people that would touch but there's there's nuns that i remember that i acquired some of their virtues because i like what i saw in them i said that's good and i wanted to be that way and so we have all these things that have happened to us. And the message is what our lady has shown us. We, we've, it's been necessary for you to, to suffer. It's been necessary for you to go through the sufferings. People wonder why in the world I convert. Now I'm doing everything right. I've lived sin and I'm losing on every level because that's the only way to win. Win anew. Jesus died. Then he resurrected. The song just said the same thing. Sometimes you've got to die so that you can rise again and live. And this is what conversion is, dying to yourself and converting. And so what are those that don't? What's taking place? What's happening? Our Lady talked about this victory and about resurrection. Have comprehended his resurrection with joy and cast your gaze toward him. I know when I was in grammar school, I remember a nun distinctly talking about the flood. We went into detail. It was a whole class discussion. We were fascinated by the way she was explaining it. And I remember asking in front of the class, will this ever happen again? She said, no, we'll never have a flood. We'll never, the world will never be destroyed by water again. And she explained about the rainbow and God's promise and all this. Then she added, but the world will be purified again. We asked how. She said, by fire. And that was fascinating to me. I don't even know where she got that. I don't know why at the time did she say that. We didn't have a lot of spiritual experiences. We were on the decline of the spiritual life. Nobody was praying. Nobody was going to adoration. Nobody was going to confession. We're declining into this. Everything's going away. The convents are falling apart. The nuns are getting dressed in jeans, you know, and so forth. 
And so then we have something that takes place in Akita, Japan, that tells us something that is ecclesiastically approved that is remarkable. This nun had apparitions of Our Lady. And in those apparitions, Our Lady had told her several things come into the world. It's interesting that we finally got the third secret of how released after 40 years, and it describes an angel appearance saying, Penance, penance, penance. And with his sword, he aims it to the earth. Fire shoots to the earth. This is approved apparitions. This is Fatima. This is a long-awaited secret. And Our Lady is standing between that and the world. And a flame from the fiery sword sent to the earth was deflected by the splendor of Our Lady, and the world was saved. In Akita, Japan, August 3rd, 1973, a nun was spoken to by Our Lady, a novice, and she said, Our Lady, to the nun, in order that the world might know the anger of the Heavenly Father, he is preparing to inflict a great chastisement upon all mankind. With my son, I have intervened so many times to appease the wrath of the Father. I have prevented the coming of calamities by offering him the suffering of the Son on the cross. His precious blood and the beloved souls who console him form a cohort of victim souls. This is what he's been doing in heaven. This is during the 70s. These are ecclesiastically approved apparitions. I read them years and years ago before I even knew about Medjugorje. And Our Lady went on to tell this nun, she said, As I told you, if men do not repent and better themselves, the Father will inflict a terrible punishment on all mankind. It will be a punishment greater than the deluge, such as one will never have seen before. Fire will fall from the sky and wipe out a great part of humanity, the good as well as the bad, sparing neither priests nor faithful. The survivors will find themselves so desolate They'll envy the dead. The only arms which will remain for you will be the rosary and the sign left by my son. Each day recite the prayers of the rosary. With the rosary, pray for the Pope, the bishops and priests. The work of the devil will infiltrate even the church. This is in 73. We see these things happening now. Enter into the church in such a way that one will see cardinals opposing cardinals, bishops against bishops. The priests who venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their conferees. Church and altars sacked. This is happening in the world right now. The church will be full of those who accept compromise, and the demon will press many priests and consecrated souls to leave service of the Lord. Our Lady ended it with, say, pray very much the prayers of the rosary. I am able to still save you from the calamities at which approach. Those who place their confidence in me will be saved. These are serious apparitions. We don't talk about them often. In fact, almost never. you got Garamond Dollar. you got the talk of Tekachita. I believe in those apparitions. We're not a promoter of those. They were condemned. The bishop's opening them back up. He's investigating right now. He's very favorable to them. And again, it talks about a sign, a warning for the whole world. Things are going to happen. There's going to be some kind of judgment a meaning judgment of our conscience. Conchita said years ago, I remember reading, that it'd be something like a fire you might burn for 15 minutes, or 8 to 15 minutes. This fire would be just like a fire. If you burned right now in a car crash, within 20 seconds you wouldn't know what's happening to you because you go into shock, you no longer feel it, you might take two more minutes to die, but you're there. Joan of Arc, one thing she didn't want to do is be burned at the stake. But this is what God required of her. She's a prefigurement of Our Lady. 
Fire's been a part of a lot of things throughout history. What's coming to us? And so Gary Madonna talked about these things, these things that would happen. And of course, Medjugorje's got three things happening. The Pope just went to Pompeii. Pompeii was a city near Rome that a sudden volcanic explosion buried it. I've been there. I've toured it. I've walked through there. You see horses made of plaster that the cavities in the lava, when they rotted throughout the millennials, they filled it back full of plaster, chipped away the lava, left the plaster Paris, and you see how the horse died. And also people. You see anguish on their face. That's how detailed it is. Ovens still had bread in it. That rotted away. They have the bread inside the ovens. Do plaster. It's an amazing thing to see. And there was a lot of vulgarity there, just like you see in our society today. People had things in their homes. They had pictures and images and things that they had, little doors they opened, was things that not even should be talked about on the show. So they were there, and fire rained down upon them. And so we see these prefigurements of things that's happened. We have in Rwanda, Cabejo, rather, a lady appeared to seven visionaries in 1982. These are church approved. And they saw the bloodbath coming. And the church, approving these apparitions, never could see the genocide that was headed toward their way. And several of the visionaries were killed in the genocide. That didn't save them. So don't think everybody's going to be spared. And the key to Japan said even the faithful will be losing a life. That's why we have to be made right. But did you know that Our Lady in Cabello apparitions taught one of the visionaries a song? And when she got to one part of the song, Our Lady stopped her to teach her to emphasize the following words. What was those words? She made them repeat it seven times, singing, There will be fire that will come from beneath the earth and consume everything on earth. The day you will come to take those who have served you, God, we beg you to have mercy on us. This is what we need is mercy. This is what we're lacking is mercy. So these things coming to us, these things happening to us, what does that mean for us? What does it mean for the world? that I see fire everywhere. We've had to realize that we talk rarely about the chastisements. We talk little about the admonitions that's coming. But there's a reality to Medjugorje of the three seekers, ten days before they announce, they'll be read by priests, three days before they happen, they'll be told what's going to take place. Will it be something like this? Or will our lady be able to spare us this? Who knows? We have a trail of evidence of things where God has always had to come back when we reach the level of sin where we have not now, what legislation has been trying to be passed worldwide, the United Nations behind it, governments are behind it, and it's unstoppable. We will not stop these things. Only God's intervention. We're at the point of no return. And here it is, the Pope goes to Pompeii. He went there, why? We don't know why. Because he usually goes to St. Mary Majors before he goes off like this, to a shrine there. He decided one week before to go to a church that would encounter and understand the mercy of the Father. He went to the foot of Mary's shrine there, appealing to that what happened there. We don't know all the details about that, but there's something to it. It's yet another clue to be looking for these things because we know we're headed for trouble and we have great difficulties. Oh, misty eye the mountain below Keep careful watch of my brother's souls And should the sky be filled with 
fire and smoke Keep watching over during suns If this is to end We shall all burn together Watch the flames climb high Into the night Calling our Father Oh, stand by and we will Watch the flames burn Up and on the mountainside high. And if we should die We should all die together Raise a glass of wine For the last time Calling out Father Prepare as we will Watch the flames burn up and on The mountainside Desolation comes upon the sky Now I see fire Inside the mountain I see fire Burning the trees and I see fire Hollow in soul I see fire Blood in the breeze And I hope that you remember The dark. 
October 28, 1981, Medjugorje. Regarding the fire that hundreds of people saw that burned but did not consume anything, Our Lady said, The fire seen by the faithful was a supernatural character. It is one of the signs, a forerunner of the great sign. What does it say to us? It says that you have to commit more to Medjugorje, not less. You have to give of everything. There's nothing else more important than our ladies of apparitions upon the earth and what she's calling you for. And if you're not answering that call to be apostle, you will have regrets. When you die, will you have these regrets? Will you want to stay to try to correct everything you didn't do? Our lady says, so that you won't have to repent for what you should have done. There's a lot of should have done's concerning Medjugorje that people don't do. I embraced it. I ran toward it. It wasn't easy. I didn't want to do some of the things that they showed me, but I knew I had to because I'd seen truth. I'd tasted it. I see the fragrance of Our Lady and what she did for me, what she's done for my family, what she's done for this community, what she's done for you through this community and this mission of Caritas. Thank God we said yes. On yes, we fail her. Yes, we're not worthy. But that doesn't change anything to the call. She's looking for the beauty she can find in you to enhance that and make it better. So when you die, and you go into the next life, and you long for that, are you going to leave those behind who loved you? That your life was so beautiful that they're going to miss you? Will it be very difficult for them to let you go? Or are they going to be glad that you went? Are you going to leave a legacy? Are you going to live an aftermath of tragedy? Our Lady wants you to live in the hearts of those you leave behind. You continue that good, and it passes to the next generation. Will you be leaving a vacuum where your life was? That that goodness that you had was so sweet that even ten years later when they come to your grave, even the fall with the leaves drifting down, like the tears on your cheek, will they miss you? Our lady wants you to start thinking. She wants you to live the legacy and leave a legacy. But it's all up to you. Come on down and join the Jews. 
Calling out, Father O, prepare as we will. Now I see fire inside the mountain, I see fire. Burning the trees and I see fire, hollowing souls, I see fire. And your heart will not stay broken. You'll be in my hands. You will dance again. But you gotta hold on, hold on. You're listening to a Radio Wave Classic, April 2nd, 2015, with a friend of Medjugorje. Now, here is a friend of Medjugorje to conclude. Just five days ago, March 25th, 2020, Our Lady said, Satan is reigning, 
and wants to destroy your lives and the earth on which you walk. We're in the midst of the coronavirus and many things seem to be confusing to people. We have people writing to us, what does all this mean? Jesus' first year, many people loved him. It wasn't so controversial. So his first year was sweet. That's how much it was in the beginning. Jesus' second year, many became confused. We can compare Jesus' second year to Medjugorje going through a period, people becoming somewhat confused, leaving Medjugorje, not following the messages. So that period is semi-sweet. Jesus' third year, many began to distrust him, even hate him. Our Lady told us there will be those who will lament for the messages. Some of them will despise Our Lady. And that's what Jesus' third year, it was bitter. So we had the same thing, sweet in the beginning, this mid-period, semi-sweet, and the bitter. August 25th, 1997, you will lament for the messages. Why? Because you didn't prepare for them. The coronavirus is an impulse to prepare. Your soul first and the way you live. But very few to this date has done that. Fire will say something else to you in a few days. Come back to it and listen to it. That's what the messages are about. And so today, April 2nd, 2020, I implore you to go deeper into the messages of Our Lady. That's your map. That's your future. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Good night. This ends the Radio Wave broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.